hello, hello, what's going on, everybody? This is Sydney Smith, the host of this incredible podcast, The Real Queen Sid, and this is episode 149 of the show. I'm super excited for you guys to hear this episode. This was a coaching call with uh, somebody named Ryan, and he is actually not on my team. He reached out and asked for a coaching call, and of course, I said yes. Um, I make zero dollars off of him, and I just love the community. I love coaching people that uh, really appreciate my time, and so I was really, really excited when he reached out. And just so you know, if you if you never ask, the answer is always no. So if you are looking to get guidance from somebody, if you're looking for a coaching call from somebody, um, just reach out and ask. It's always it's always an option. Um, they can always say no, of course, but they can always say yes. So you never know until you ask. Anyway, let's get into this coaching call. As you guys know, you've listened to coaching calls with me before. Um, these are very private conversations that we have. So anything that is said in these coaching calls, don't take it to heart. It's just how can I improve this area of my business uh, and anything like that. So super, super excited. This was a really good coaching call with tons and tons and tons of tactical tips. So I know you guys are really going to enjoy this. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this. Make sure that you screenshot it, share it into your Instagram stories and tag me at the real queen Sid and drop your biggest takeaway. That is my favorite part about releasing podcasts is hearing what your biggest takeaway was. So make sure that you write your biggest takeaway on there. You can go ahead and subscribe to this podcast and also uh, leave a five-star review. Once we get to 100 five-star reviews, I'll be giving away $100 cash money. So really, really excited to give that money away. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode. So um, I don't know. I have a lot to talk about and we have a little bit of time, so we'll just get over what I can. Okay. Um, I know I need to tell my story and I haven't told it yet. And I know that's big, but there's two reasons. I did listen to your podcast where you talked about it and it was about telling the truth because it's your truth, no matter if it hurts like other people or whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's an excuse, but I want to say mine's a little different because mine, so my story is kind of backwards from yours. So I've dealt with addictions um, as far as like my ex was an addict and my mother is an addict who still is kind of currently in it. But my mom growing up with her addiction for the longest time I didn't know about it and she still was like the best mom like never chose her addiction over like her kids like always made sure I was fed had what I wanted and needed um so she was a good mom on it (laughs) I know that sounds really weird but um but I did like go through things and um I was talking to Brandon Kelly about it he's like well if you weren't really hurt from it I wouldn't tell it but like seeing things that she would do where it was hurtful and like I did see her go to jail and like um I did go to foster care it was in foster care for a short period of time because of things that she'd done while she was on it but she was still like a really good mom I guess so I want to tell it but I don't want to hurt her at the same time just because she's still like my mom and like still is a good mom yeah like when she's like she comes over to my house and stuff and she'll be here for like three four weeks at a time she doesn't do it because she's not around it right so I mean, I think that you can be very, like, the way that you talk about your mom, it's very clear that you love your mom a lot. And um, I think that's important. I think that's important for people to hear because there are people that, like, there are people that are in the same situation as you and, like, they don't even feel like their experience is valid because their mom was a good mom, right? Like, their mom was there, their mom was whatever. And so they don't even feel like their experience is valid because it's not, you know, the typical tragic drug addict story. Um, And so I think it would be really important for you to talk about it and just say, like, I've I've 
the majority of my childhood was great. Like my mom was, my mom was amazing. She was a really good mom, but like, these are factual things that happened. Do you think I should ask her? Like, I mean, I'm sure I think she would say yes. I just don't want to, I guess I don't want to embarrass her. I, I mean, if you would feel better about it, if you talk to her, then definitely do that because you're not going to share your full, your full truth. Um, if you're like censoring it for, for somebody else. Um, and so if you are comfortable asking her, if you're comfortable talking to her about it, like, Hey mom, I really want to talk about this. I want to help other people that are going through the same thing. Like, would you be open to me, um, sharing, you know, what happened in our childhood? Okay. Um, and then when telling your story, how do you like, what do you not tell? Like, obviously you don't want to tell like an hour long story because people aren't going to listen. So like, what is telling too much, but like still are hitting like bullet points of like everything. So I try to pick out, um, so usually when I tell my story, I like focus on one section of it. So like, um, I'll focus on the addiction or I'll focus on coming out or I'll focus on the narcissistic relationship or I'll focus on the daddy issues or whatever. Um, and I don't try to tell it all at once. And I think when you first start telling your story, it's inevitable that you're going to over talk about it because it's mm -hmm. almost like therapy. Like, it's like, oh my God, I've been bottling this up for my whole entire life. And I finally get to talk about it. And so you want to tell like every little detail because you want people to understand you. So I think it's inevitable to over talk about it or like say too much when you first start. But I think narrowing down like the really pivotal points of your story, like people don't need to know every single little thing about my addiction. They don't need to know about every addict experience. They don't need to know about every whatever, but like I lived in a trap house with my drug dealer and my ex-boyfriend asked me to get clean. It just kind of sums it all up. I, I mean, yeah, like that's kind of, I got to the point where I was living in a trap house with my drug dealer. I was sleeping with my drug dealer for drugs and my ex-boyfriend asked me to get clean. I don't even tell the sleeping with my drug dealer part. Like, because <laughs> you don't need, don't need to know that. But, right. you know, or I racked up $30,000 in debt from my drug addiction. I lived in a trap house. I was living with my drug dealer. My ex-boyfriend asked me to get clean. Okay. The, the other part that I have troubles is, so my ex's family is also on my Facebook. Um, and they've actually just became my customers. And one of them is my promoter. Um, and so like the other day I was doing a live and somebody asked what happened to the scar on the back of my head. And I felt really weird to say what happened because my ex's family watches my lives. So do you think, I don't know, that's the other part of my stories. I don't want to hurt my ex's family or make them feel like I'm talking shit on him, even though it's part of my story is going through being with him while he was being an alcoholic. Do they know that it's from him? Mm-hmm. If they know, like, it's not like you're outing him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're not, I don't know. I think that's like, if somebody asks, you're not going out of your way to talk shit. It's just, you know, this was part of my story. It was an experience with my ex when he was on, uh, when he was an alcoholic or he was an actor. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they, they know how he is. And I mean, they still talk to me and like all that kind of stuff. So they know he's a piece of shit. <laughs> We, I mean, so like we're kind of in the same boat in that experience is that like, I'm very close with Mitchell's ex or with Mitchell's family. 
And a lot of the things that I talk about are my experience with him as an addict, my experience with him uh, as a narcissist, my experience with him gaslighting me, my experience with him like literally emotionally abusing me. It's my story. It's my truth. They know they're not stupid. And so like, I just go out of my way to never, like, I don't use his name. Um, and people that are just now following me have no idea who he is. The only people that know who he is are people that were following me two years ago. You know what I mean? So like, you can tell your story without saying who it is. Like, oh, it's just, you know, from my ex or whatever. That's true. Okay. Um, all right. So that helps with telling that part, which I, because I need to, because I know it helped. Jen Manning's business explode when she told her story, but she, hers, I mean, I guess we all have a story. Hers was powerful, mine will be powerful for a different group of people. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I'm currently shadow banned because all of my like views have like, like some of my videos are getting like 76 views when like two weeks ago they were getting like thousands. So how do you like, I, I think I'm finally getting out of it because I had like 20 people on my live this morning. So I think I'm finally getting out of it, but how do you get out of being like shadow banned? On what platform? Facebook. It's all, I do Facebook. I need to branch out. Um, no, it's fine. Um, with Facebook, oh God. <laughs> Facebook is like not my forte anymore. Um, but in the past, like when I was, when I would get shadow banned, um, it was usually something like, like, I don't know, something like that I know people interact on so like you know something pivotal happened in my it would just be convenient that something pivotal happened in my life where you know I bought a new car I moved somewhere or whatever or I went on vacation um especially when we were traveling a lot more but if you, that's not an option I think it's just do something like post something that you know people normally interact a lot on so maybe an interaction post or you know that people like I don't know I haven't looked at your content honestly so um, <laughs> but like something that, you know, people interact on, interact a lot on. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was, I was about ready to do a, a, a workshop over like, I'm gonna do like a five day workshop, but I'm like, I don't want to do this now because I, nobody's seen my freaking video. So it'd be like a waste of point. Like, yeah. Um, so I, I finally have recruits now but I feel like they're not like I have to like push them do you think I should babysit them like they're already done with Betty the Ball they've already done everything but it's like every day you have to like they're doing good but it's like only because I'm like telling them what to do right what do you mean telling them what to do like giving them tasks every day kind of I'm like like the other day which I went so red which I, I'm a, a red I keep getting red somehow but I, I feel like I'm more of a blue but like I did go around in the day, I was like, hey, I messaged an individual, like, hey, are you still drinking ketones? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, I wouldn't know because I haven't seen you do anything like mixed up or anything in a while. And so I have to do stuff like that, like remind them. And they do it right afterwards. Like they go live when I say go live, but it's like, I have to tell them to do it. Do you have, um, do you have a team chat? Mm -hmm. so and they'll read it. They don't read it? No, I have to like, no. They don't, they, they'll read it, but they don't always like reply. Sometimes they'll just do it and I'll have to like go back and check, but they won't be like, okay, on it or anything like that. So what I started doing, um, is three times a day. I drop in the team chat. I just started this this month because Brooke Porch said it worked really well for her. 
three times a day in the team chat, I drop like five tasks and it's just stuff that I'm doing. Like it's like in the morning, every single morning, it's like, put your mix up of your ketones in your story, uh, make a Facebook post, make an Instagram post, make a TikTok. Like it's just like five tasks that are very vague so that they can adapt it to whatever their brand is. But it's just a reminder of like, you need to be doing these things. You need to be doing these things. You need to be doing these things. So I do it three times a day because I think if I give 15 tasks in the morning, it's too overwhelming. But if I give five tasks three times a day, they're still getting the same amount of tasks, but it's broken up throughout the day. And so um, it just like reminds them what they need to do. And I'm already doing it. So like, it takes me an extra two minutes to write down like what I'm doing and then just tell them to do the same thing. Um, so that has helped a lot and they don't always respond and I don't check to see if they've done it, but if they do, you know, maybe they do two out of every five tasks that you put in there, that's still probably twice as much as what they're normally doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how, how do you recruit without sounding like you're trying to build your pyramid without trying to build my well or like sounds spammy or trying to get people like what color are you i keep getting okay so the last one i took was 70 red and like 69 blue okay so you're red blue um so i mean there's different recruiting posts for different types of people um i'm actually going to put out a podcast on the how to kind of talk to different different personality colors. Um, were you on, are you in the 212 group? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, so I'm, I literally did. The I training. saw that. I saw that they, they posted that training though. Yeah. So she posted that training. Um, that training is really good. Um, with Jesse Lee and I redid it basically last night. So I'm going to post it as a podcast too, but, um, listening to how to speak to the different personality colors is going to be really, really helpful. Um, because you're going to learn how to like, just talk to different people. Um, so like blues are going to really, really like the word fun. So like, this is so fun. We get to zoom together. We get to hang out together. We get to do this and this, like, they're going to really like, especially because you do a lot of in-person stuff with Jenny. Um, and like, Oh, this is so fun. I get to go see my leader and like, they love fun. And then like the greens are going to be more analytical people. I don't speak very well to the greens yet. I'm working on it. Um, And then the reds are going to be the people that are like, oh, I just earned this bonus. Like every time you earn MVP multiplier, the reds are going to be like, how do I earn that? How do I earn that? How do I earn that? Um, So that 250, I post that every single month when I earn it, the $250 bonus or the $1,000 bonus, depending on what I earn. Are you hitting MVP? No. So hitting MVP will be helpful with recruiting. Um, I'm going to this month. I'm really close this month. My, I was hitting it. And then this is my downfall was once I got recruits um, is I, um, I put so much into them that I kind of forgot about my business. And it was only because, and I, I'm not talking crap about Josh. I love Josh so much, but like, he doesn't do like the frontline zooms or anything like that. He is there when I need him. Like, absolutely. I always text him but I don't, I want them to know, like, I will give them training and stuff like, stuff like that. Yeah. So I was trying to like do that. So no, I, I lost focus of, of MVP. But so I think I'm one of the track. biggest things that new leaders make as a mistake, which is something I did as well. Um, like the second we hit champ, I went into management mode and I just started managing the team and was expecting them to bring in the rest of the volume. 
Um, and unfortunately that's just not how business works is you're committed to this. Like you are all in, like nothing is going to waver you in this business, but they're not there yet. Like they might, one of them might have a baby and like be out for a little while. And so it's, I try to do like 80% personal, 20% business. I mean, 20% team. So like I'll drop the tasks in the team chat and then like I'm out of the team chat unless they have like questions that need answered that nobody's answering or whatever. Um, and then I go do my personal stuff and then we have our Zoom set up and that's time for them. If they directly message me and ask me for help, obviously I'm gonna help them, but we start to get into management mode and we start to try and put together these systems for our team to succeed and try to micromanage them. And it's just, you're going to get a lot further, a lot farther, or a lot further, a lot faster if you concentrate on bringing in more people so that you can kind of cultivate a community because they're going to hold each other. They're going to start holding each other accountable when you have a community. Mm. Like Jesse Lee talks about these schools. Um, like the empire was built on basically like these schools of fish or whatever. So like we all came in together um, in the beginning and we all pushed for rank six together. And so we all moved up the ranks together and then we all brought in recruits and they all started to push rank three together, rank four together. And like, it works really well when you bring in like schools of people, um, kind of like people go to first grade together, second grade together, third yeah. grade together. They start to like kind of kill, hold each other accountable. So all the newbies are like, oh, we're all new together. Like, oh my God, new sale, new sale, new sale. Um, so focusing on bringing in new people is gonna be really, really helpful with your leadership because they'll start helping you lead. Perfect. Um, time for one more. Just, just keep going. I don't have any, I don't have anything after this. Oh, okay. Um, so I guess I haven't branded myself yet. Um, cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused of what that is. What is it? Um, so what all does that branding, like, what is the benefit or purpose of that? I guess like go, so go branding, it. branding, like if you think about it this way, it's, it's just your reputation. Like, what are you known for? What are you around for? Um, and what, like, what, what are your beliefs? Basically is all your brand is. Um, and the benefit of having a brand is that people start to know you. And so they'll start to, um, like people send me rainbow stuff all the time because sure. they know that I'm gay. Like, <laughs> uh, so I get rainbow stuff in my inbox all the time, but the benefit of the brand is that like people feel like they know you. So they start to build a relationship with you without even, without you having to even do a ton to reciprocate. Like if you look at Jesse Lee, Jesse Lee is, has built this massive following of super fans, but it's because she's very good at branding. And all that means is that she's very good at showing who she is through her content. So yes, she does do have like she does do direct messaging all the time. She has direct conversations with people, but people feel like they know her and that they're friends with her just by looking at her content mm -hmm. because she's consistent with who she is. That's really all a brand is. It's just being consistent with who you are and it's your reputation. Like, what do people know you for? What do you, like, what do people know that you value? Like people know that they can always come to my page for inspiration, for empathy, for like 
things like that. Um, and so it's really a safe space for people. Not everybody's content is like that. Um, so it's just building like what you want. How do you want people to feel when they think about you? Okay. What are you drinking? Water? Very blue. <laughs> oh. Um. So I feel like I'm having a hard time reaching new, like new group of people. I think what caused me to get shadow banned was work was being in groups so much and like comment, like claiming so much because I'm trying to break out. Because whenever I share into like cooking groups or keto groups, there's a whole freaking like all the pages already SPR leads. So it's like trying to find new leads, new customers. How, what is the best way to go about that? Because Posting in like keto kitchen, like keto kitchens and keto groups is not getting me like anywhere. Are and you people really? No. I do low carb. Like, oh, okay. You do low, low carb. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Brian. <laughs> um, so what brings you, like, what brings you joy in your business? Like, what do you love to do? Um, see, I like like the coaching, like the team aspect and I, like the managing, like that kind of stuff. But I also like, I mean, I like being on camera. I like doing all that stuff. And I like that kind of stuff. I do like cooking. So it's, it's fun. Like, I love cooking. Like I've, it's my new passion. I do love cooking. But mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm with the same views. Like, every, every, all my friend requests, all my comments are already in SPR. So it just, I just can't get it out. And people aren't sharing my videos. So, and I've done, oh, they are. I've started doing contests. So that's helping. So, um do you get into new groups? Yes, I've, I've gotten a lot of like groups. Okay. And I think that's what caused me to get shadow banned was claiming so much. Yeah, no, I mean like, do you, if you love cooking, like do you get into other cooking groups, like normal cooking groups? Mm -hmm. um, so that might be a good place to start exploring is if you love cooking, like you can go live and you can share yourself into those normal cooking groups. Um, so there's like healthy eating cooking. There's, um, I don't cook, so I don't really know what else to give you as a suggestion, <laughs> but I'm sure you can find stuff, but like, you don't just have to be in keto. So even though you're cooking a low carb meal, like there might be somebody that's paleo that, that is interested in that. There might be somebody that's vegetarian that's interested in that, but they want to, you know, adapt it to whatever. There might be somebody that's just interested in cooking that just wants to watch you cook. I mean, people watch Martha Stewart all the time um, and don't make a damn thing that she cooks. Um, and so I think that might be a good place to start to start expanding outside of the keto realm, the keto low carb realm. Um, the other thing is if you're really like, if your gift zone, if your passion area is coaching and leading, that means you need to build a team faster. Um, and so I would focus on doing things that bring team in, which would be showing what you're already doing for your team. If you do one-on-one -on -one coaching calls and stuff for them, um, if you are doing zooms with them, making sure that you're showing all of that, but also showing that you're a business owner, a leader that's going to lead people. And by doing you, by like doing business lives or business TikToks or anything like that, um, so Jesse Lee and I actually just talked about this last night. I was like, I need to get to rank seven. I need to recruit more people. So how do I do that? She's like, every single day, I want you to do a business IGTV and a business TikTok, which is where I build primarily, but you can kind of adapt that to 
um, your platforms. But that's going to be how you're going to recruit more people. Is it like showing people that you are a business leader? Um, if that's where your gift zone is, is that if that's what really, um, really makes you feel good. And then it's doing this, like, <clears throat> I was literally talking to Brie Nichols yesterday about this. And she's like, that's oh, where Brie. I, like, yes. I, that she's like, that's what I love to do. She's like, that's my gift zone leading and loving on people and doing all of that is what her gift zone is. And so I've just taken little things that Brie does and I've just started adapting them. Like she sends out certificates every single month. You can see in her stories, the things that she does. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just start adapting things to like what fits for your team. Okay. Um, I actually just had a coaching call with Jamie Lynn not too long ago. So she's been helping me in that kind of talk. I was supposed to have a coaching call on Monday with Brie Nichols and I had it written down for Tuesday. Uh, she hates me. She's got to hate it. I, so I didn't show up to her coaching call on Monday because I thought it was on Tuesday. She doesn't uh, hate you. I would, did you text her? I did. I did. Okay. Oh. Yeah, she's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I sat on, on her um, team training last night. Oh, you did? She's, like, all about helping people win. And mm -hmm. so, like, if you just, if you just be like, I fucking wrote the date down wrong. I'm so sorry. Like, can I have another chance? Like, she'll be like, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt so weird because I was on, on her team thing last night. Like, like, I didn't show up to your coaching call, but here I am. Uh, no, she loves it. She loves it. She's, but that's her gift zone. So I actually, um, I think that linking arms and just like taking as much as you can from Brie, um, just by, you know, mostly from watching her, but if she's down to do another coaching call, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, you also have a really great leader in Jenny. So you have like two really, really strong examples of so bad for reaching out to her so much though, but yeah, but like, you know what Jenny does for the team. I know. And she said it before, like pretty much Josh's promoters are her promoters. Yeah. That she does all the training. So I just, yeah, no, I mean, you have really great examples, especially if that's like what you're passionate about. I would. I would really watch closely what they do because that's going to be how you're going to build because you build most successfully in what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, but that would be how I would reach more people is finding out like what brings you joy. Like for a really long time, I wasn't hitting MVP multiplier or I was really, really struggling to hit MVP multiplier because I was trying to do things that like didn't make me happy, which was like building primarily on Facebook. And when I started to branch out into TikTok and into Instagram, um, I found my joy again and I found my gift zone again and I started to really enjoy working. And so I started to be more successful at it. So really just like, this is your permission to figure out what the hell makes you happy and stop doing the rest of it. Obviously do the things you need to do. Like if follow-up doesn't make you happy, like you still need to follow up, but <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> you said if I do what makes me happy. Just kidding. <laughs> No, within reason, within reason. Eventually you'll be able to hire out the shit that like doesn't make you happy that you have to do. But for now, like create the content that makes you happy, build on the platform that makes you happy. I still keep up appear like appearances on Facebook. Like I still post on Facebook, but it's all content that I've created for Instagram and mm -hmm. I've just repurposed on Facebook. Why don't you like Facebook? 
Um, I just, I feel like I haven't found my people on there. Like I really wanted to get, um, I've been working for like three years to get really deep into the addict community and into the LGBT, well, less time for the LGBTQ community, but I've been, I've, they're the communities that I want to focus on. And I wasn't finding my people on Facebook. I just wasn't. And I think TikTok is what made me really find my joy again. And then I transferred it over to Instagram because I started to be more of myself on Instagram. Um, but TikTok, I love because you can find those pockets of people based on your content. Like the TikTok algorithm is made for you to brand yourself and find the pockets of people that you're looking for. Um, and so when I started to really post on TikTok, I started to actually get into the communities that I was excited about working with. And I wasn't finding that on Facebook. Yeah, it's, it's just more all politics stuff though. Right. And so I started to like, yeah, a TikTok is really what brought the joy back into my business, to be totally honest with you, because I found, I found the pockets of people that like I, that, that love me and that I want to work with. And I obviously still transfer everybody over to Facebook so that they can get into SPR. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm finding my people on TikTok. I need to try, I need to try those more. Um, how do you decide what, cause Recently, I've been posting a lot of, I post more in like my stories. And so obviously whenever you do it from or from Instagram, it goes to Facebook, vice versa. How do you know like the difference or what is the best, um, I guess ratio or whatever to do story versus post? So um, I don't think you can post too much as long as you're giving value. Um, and so I think that when I first started in this industry, it was like, okay, well, you need to post this many times on Facebook and it's gotta be three hours apart and one live. And what and it was like, it was so stressful. Um, and now I've just started posting what makes me happy <laughs> and posting more and more and more. And so what if I go live three times in a day? And so what if, you know, I post six times on Instagram um, as long as you're giving value, I don't think you can overpost, and I don't think there's a perfect ratio between stories and, and posts, but I think that stories are more behind the scenes and the more that you can show your face in your behind the scenes and the more that you can show what you do throughout the day is going to build the trust. Like, I think the posts, like your newsfeed is going to bring people in and then your stories is what keeps them around because they get to know you. I like that. So the story keeps them, the post brings them in. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing I had was, well, I, okay. So how do you get your people to, this sounds really terrible, but I feel like a lot of my customers are more like the bottom of like the barrel because they only will spend like the bare minimum of like a challenge and maybe a box of Minoplex or maybe a box of cream. So how do you push people to, how do you get people to spend more, I should say? So what because is a lot of them are like, oh, well, my car payment is $300. Well, I'm not gonna spend $300 a month on, on product when that's my car payment. That's what yeah. I got yesterday. So what is your um, pricing script? Like what do you use to close people? I don't think, I don't have one. Okay. Um, so what I do is when I 
I don't care like why we're talking. Like sometimes they're talking to me because they want a trial. Sometimes they're talking to me because they want the $57 off coupon, which is the, um, the two boxes for 22% off that we're doing this month. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're talking to me because they want a challenge kit. I don't care why they're talking to me. They all get the same pricing script. And this is what I send. I'll put it in the chat so that you can copy and paste it. Um, so I send them that 99% of people will do either the 40 packets or the 10 day challenge. No, 99% of people probably want the 40 packets or the 10 day challenge and the reboot bundle, which obviously if the reboot's not available, you have to take that line out. But, um, I'm sorry. What? What do I do this to? I'll just take a picture of it. I don't know how to work this computer. I can send it to you. Uh, I can text it to you. Okay. Um, so that's the closing trip that I send them. And then usually they'll pick the 40 packets or the 10 day challenge and the reboot bundle. Obviously, like I said, if, if the reboot's not available, you have to take that line out, but you can still do the rest of it. If they say that's still too expensive, that's when I send them trial pricing. Um, or if I'm doing like a fun bundle for the month, I'll add that in that like list of prices. So like I did the Aloha bundle. So I- Those cups are so cute. They are so cute. I just sold out of it this morning. Um, But I did, so I'll add like the Aloha bundle in there if I'm doing a fun bundle or like a blender bottle bundle, if I'm doing that. Um, But for the most part, that's the script that I send. And then uh, usually they end up with a little bit in like a medium range price point. So you're giving them a few options. Um, So they end up in usually the medium range price point and then um, after they pick what they want, I will send this. I'll text this to you too. I'll send, um, would you like to add a 30 pack of electrolytes to your order? Super important and necessary for success, $49. So um, that usually upsells them. You know, maybe one out of every four will say yes, but it's just a little way to kind of- Asking. Yeah, it's just asking. And so then I build their cart for them. Um, So I will- so I build their cart for them and then I'll send you all of these scripts, but I send them this. So I'll put the cart link there and then um, I automatically send them up for SmartShip. They don't get a choice. They can go in and cancel after they place their order if they want to, um, but I automatically send them, set them up for SmartShip. Um, and then that's kind of how I have started closing people um, and that way you're you're always like i don't know i think giving a list of like very clear like this 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 or this is like they don't they're like okay well i could go a little bit more than 99 dollars. like maybe their their budget was originally 120 or whatever and they're like okay well 178 it's a little bit higher than 120 but like i could i could probably make that happen yeah no i like this because then they're also seeing like 20% 20% off five flavors or like getting 40 packets versus two boxes. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll send, I'll text them all to you so that you can, um, so that you can save them. But that's what I've started doing. Um, and then a lot of it is just kind of like finding the right people. I found that uh, keto people can tend to be really low hanging fruit. However, a lot of times they're very cheap. 
um, especially because they're already eating keto. So they're like, well, what's the point in me spending $300 on top of this? This is stupid. But um, as you keep showing up and as you keep showing the value and as you keep showing your story and why you drink ketones, they'll start to like, even the people that have been like, oh no, I could never spend $99 for a challenge kit. We'll come back and spend $500 with me when they end up seeing the value. It's just, it's just the way that you carry yourself and the way that you ask and the way that you, the way that you talk about ketones and your belief in ketones. Okay. I like those a lot. Um, I'll just do one more just to, I guess I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, so I remember you did a TikTok and okay, I suck at trials and it's probably because I don't talk about trials enough. Well, that is the reason. Um, so what are your tips for selling trials? And you did a TikTok, I believe it was a TikTok on your printer, on a printer thing that you got. Um, and what was, what is that? A postage machine. Is that what it was? Um, yeah. So I only use that for mailing out like letters. Um, I don't use it for mailing out trials. Okay. Um, I use PayPal multi-order shipping for mailing out trials. Um, but that postage machine, I think you, it's from Pitney Bowes. Um, and it's only, you only really, it's only really useful if like you send out letters, like I'll send out, um, like letters to like cards or whatever to my smartship customers or, um, when I send out the certificates to the team, it's useful for that. Really, the only reason I use it is so I don't have to go to the post office because <laughs> it's got like a scale on it and it literally will just like, depending on what you're sending out, you weigh it and then it will, it'll tell you like, okay, well this weight costs like 55 cents or this weight costs 60 cents. Um, so instead of putting like, you know, six forever stamps on something to make sure that it gets there, it's putting the exact price on there of what it would cost. Um, and then you just stick the little thing in there, it prints out, but you can rent a machine from Pitney Bowes. Um, that's what I did. I don't use it that often, but, um, it basically is refillable. So I'll put $20 on it at a time and it will charge the post office $20 or whatever. And then I'll just stamp things until I run out of money and then you just reload it. Um, and then for trials, um, I don't generally push trials until I hit MVP multiplier. Um, this month is a exception to that because we have the Aloha bundles, but that's another thing is that the fun bundles, people are fucking obsessed with them. They're obsessed with them. So I have tried to do a different fun bundle every month. And I'll tell you last month, I didn't do one because I was pushing show so hard for new volume to go to Hawaii. Last month, I didn't do one. And my trial sales, hold on. My trial sales went from, I did $5,000 in trials in January. And I did only 2,400 in February. So but I mean, it's relative, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, and so this month I did the Aloha bundles and it's only the 10th of the month and I've sold $3,000. Damn. And last month in the entire month, I only did 2,400, you know what I mean? So like, it's all relative. Um, but those bundles, the first month that I did bundles was October when I did the spooky bundles and I'll pull it up. 
in October, I did $8,000 in trial sales. So those fun bundles are for whatever I average, I'm looking right now, I average um, five to $6,000 in trial sales a month. So the, you think the fun bundles will sell more than like doing a five pack? Yep. Yep. So every single month we try to do something different. Like the one month I try to do something different. Like um, this month, I mean, you could still do something this month. It's only the 10th, but you could do like a luck of the Irish. Um, a luck of the Irish trial where you do the same kind of thing. Like I think what Nicole Peters is doing is she bought one bundle of goodies. It was like socks, uh, like a, a Irish socks, a necklace, hat, something like that. Um, and all the trials were the same, except for one had the goodies in it. Nice. So the same kind of concept is like the, um, the golden ticket bundle, but people love the fun bundles. The Aloha bundles sold so fast. I don't know if you do blender bottle trials, but those sell really well too. I haven't really, but I know that's why, why I'm not selling because I'm not posting enough or doing enough, but I did do, um, I have done some that I didn't sell that well. So I'm like, I'm stuck with a bunch of swag stuff, but. Yeah. So, um, with that, it's like, it's just continuing to market it. Like if you, it, when I did the Aloha bundles, um, I posted in my story, the bundle every single day and just said eight left, seven left, five left, three left until literally the last one sold out this morning. So it's just reminding people like, I think we think that we overpost because you live your life. Like you, you see every single thing that you do, but people don't see every single thing that you do. Like you have to think about it. Like when there's a group picture, uh, you're the first person that you look at, just like I'm the first person that I look at. And so people are more focused on what they're doing than what you're doing. So uh, rather than under post, I'd rather over post.